Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of In the Pink Room with Jess and Laura. We are your co-hosts. We're so happy to be here. We haven't recorded an episode in, wow, like three weeks. It's been a while. It's been a while. There was like a storm. Mm -hmm. Power outage. Yeah. Something came up with like, I think you got sick, maybe. mm -hmm. And then something came came up with like our kids' schedule. Mm -hmm. But, you know, we are very, very busy moms of three. Yep. We both work full time. Mm-hmm. You have a photography side business in addition to working as a BCBA. I do. Yeah, you. And and also you did something pretty cool over the past three weeks. Like you literally were like, hey, we're going to create an Etsy shop <laughs> and we're going to like sell some merch. And I was like, oh, we are. <laughs> and you were like, yep. Two days later, you send me all these items that you designed. And I was like, I didn't even know you knew how to do that. <laughs> Yeah. So it's just like, I love being creative Mm -hmm. and I love feeling inspired and kind of putting that into something tangible. And so I think that was really the heart of the shop Mm -hmm. and also something where we could put maybe in the pink room on like a coffee mug, you know, or a sweatshirt. And then I just kind of got carried away with like the (laughs) Valentine's season coming up. And and then I was like designing some cool workout shit. And I was like, I got to put that in there. And I just like... (laughs) I just, it gets a little crazy. It does. You're so talented. You're crazy talented. That's why I always tell you. And I really, I I admire that so much about you. So anyways, for everyone who's wondering about our Etsy shop, it's called In the Pink Room Shop. Mm-hmm. Um, you can visit our our Instagram page and there's a link there if you want to check out the merch. There's a lot of cool coffee mugs, sweatshirts. Uh, we just released this really cute like fitness tank that Laura designed solo because she's such a badass. <laughs> it says only the strong will survive dumbbells and ponytails. Hell yeah, I love that. I love that. Yeah, that's super cool. So we've been very busy behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. And because of the cancellations um, that happened the past few weeks, we've actually de- designed an outline for two episodes tonight. So mm-hmm. we're going to shoot for that tonight, guys. Wish yeah. us luck because it's yeah. a lot. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's a really good time, but mm-hmm. there, there's a lot of thought that goes into it. A lot of stuff comes to the surface when we're talking about things like intimacy. Yes. Which is what we're going to go for tonight. Oof. That's, <laughs> that's a deep one. It is. Okay. So we wanted to talk about intimacy because I think you and I, like we think about relationships, right? Mm-hmm. And you're married. I was married for a long period of time for about 13 years. Um, and so we know that one of the things that most people will always do at some point in their life is engage in or get committed into a long-term relationship, marriage or otherwise. Um, and it's really, would you agree that it's really easy to fall in love in the beginning when things are great? And then you get married Mm -hmm. and then seven years comes, then 10 years, then 20 and so forth. And it's really hard to stay in love for that long period of time. Would Mm -hmm. you agree with that? Oh, yeah, Mm -hmm. it is. So I felt very compelled to talk about how to maintain an intimacy in a marriage and long-term relationship because also it's Valentine's, mm-hmm. yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And I think I'm a romantic at heart and I love talking about relationships. So why don't we start off by saying defining intimacy? Everyone has a different opinion. Intimacy can be different. It can mean something different to everyone. So why don't you share what it means to you and then I'll do the same. Yeah. And that's so ironic because it's such a personal thing, mm-hmm. yet something you share with another person. Yeah. So if your definition doesn't line up with your partner's definition, mm-hmm. that could be a pro- that could be a problem. 
Yes. And also, I think that your definition might change over time Mm -hmm. because your like priorities might change over time or what it means for you to like feel deeply connected with someone might change over time, which is probably where my definition would come in, just feeling so deeply connected with someone on so many different levels and letting them be able to see you, the real you. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also asked my husband oh. for a definition on what intimacy meant to him. And his definition just blew mine out of the water. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm just going to read his because I thought it was so beautifully written and I could tell he put a lot of thought into it and he's a really deep thinker. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he said, intimacy is becoming vulnerable and able to lose all ego while interacting with another, showing deep trust in many degrees. Wow. So like short, simple, but like effective. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And you take away the ego and what do you have? You have the most authentic version of yourself. And I just thought that was really, really beautiful. And that's why you're happily married, Laura. (laughs) (laughs) Because that's how your man thinks. Okay. So does that vary, um, entirely from how you see intimacy? Well, I think because his, his is so broad, it, it covers, it covers a lot there for me. I really, I really think of it as being connected and supported with someone emotionally, spiritually, mentally, physically. Yeah. And I think also too, people probably prioritize those different connections individually. And one might be higher up on the list than another. And Mm -hmm. it might not match the same for your partners. And kind of like I said, it might change over time. Right. Right. And so what's actually interesting for me, I'll probably talk a lot about personal experiences tonight, which is hard. It's like being really vulnerable and open. Um, But, you know, I've shared my journey recently over the last year of really becoming more spiritual, Mm -hmm. right? So a year and a half ago, if we were to have had this conversation, a spiritual connection probably wouldn't land high up on my list. Mm -hmm. But now it definitely does. Yeah. And I will, I will say, and I will share that my, my husband is probably not high on his list right now. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, so, so our lists and our priorities in that way are kind of changing. And so we have to figure out how to be creative and evolve within that and still make sure that we're both doing to make sure what we can to connect in ways that we both prioritize to connect on. Right. And, and that's a challenge. I'll be honest. Of course it is. Yeah. 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 Because when you met, what age, how old were you when you two met? Oh, man. I, well, we started dating when I was 23. Okay. 23. And you are now 30. 35. 35. Yeah. yeah. So the person you met and the person he met. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Different. Way different. different. I mean, then you add in a couple of, couple of kids, a mm-hmm. couple of dogs, a house, a couple of career changes, a <laughs> couple of career changes, couple businesses, yeah. Yeah. going back to school. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you've, you've really had to learn to grow together. And I think that's a key component to a long lasting relationship. Absolutely. Yeah. You have to. Mm-hmm. So my idea of intimacy, and it's funny, like when, when you say like, oh, we're going to talk about intimacy, people are like, oh, you're going to talk about sex on the podcast. And I'm like, <laughs> didn't you listen to the introduction? I said, I'm not going to talk about sex. Okay. <laughs> and what I mean by intimacy, what intimacy means to me is that 
It's being able to share like a range of thoughts, of feelings and experiences with another human being. And it, and it, that is what I think of as intimacy. So I guess if I'm looking at the four types of intimacy, which are emotional, physical, mental, and spiritual, I would say probably the most important ones to me are emotional and mental mental intimacy. Like I have to be able to communicate with you. I have to be able to, to listen to you and your experiences. And we have to be able to talk about everything, mm-hmm. everything. Um, so that would probably be the most important thing to me. And I know you shared yours as spiritual. So, um, okay. So and here, emotional and emotional and emotional. Okay. Um, so here's a question. Do you think that intimacy and love are the same thing? That's, I'm going to short answer. No, (laughs) (laughs) short answer. No, short answer. No. Yeah. (laughs) So you, do you think it's possible to love someone without sharing an intimate connection with them? Love or be in love? Same thing. I think you can have love, for love towards someone. a love towards a romantic partner. Let's just answer it that way. I know, but I think you can have love for someone and not be in love with them. Okay, but can you be in love with them but not have an emo- like an intimate relationship with them? If if you're in love with someone and that person is not in love with you, then in that instance, no, I don't think there would be a, an intimate connection. Right. So my thought on that, and I think anyone who has been in a long-term relationship or marriage and leaves that relationship can honestly say you can be in love with someone, but you can also not have an intimate emotional connection to them. Because love to me, in my mind, it's like this concept of desire, possession, Mm -hmm. of service. Um, And intimacy to me is like, a close relationship where mutual acceptance and and nurturance and trust are shared on some level. Now, in my experience, I have very much been in love, but the intimate connection wasn't there. The trust was not there. The respect and all those other things that you need to have in a long-term relationship failed at some point. So I do think that you can be in love with someone very much. You can love them. But if that emotional connection, which is reciprocated between two partners, is not there, I think I think love's not enough. I will agree on that. Yeah. Love is not enough. Love is not enough, which is why you need to work on your intimate connection with your partner if you want to have a long-lasting, meaningful, enjoying, uh, harmonious, healthy relationship, mm-hmm. right? So what do you think lack of intimacy looks like in a marriage or relationship? Probably little to no communication. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No sex Mm -hmm. or physical touch. Yeah. Yeah. And for me, I think of lack of consideration, Mm -hmm. lack of attention, lack of time. If they forget birthdays or anniversaries. Or if their ego is too big to apologize during conflict, those are all examples of lack of intimacy. So if like someone is listening into this episode right now, and one of those things speaks to you, then just know that, okay, there is a lack of intimacy in my relationship and I'm committed to my partner. I love my partner. Let's figure out a way to fix that. Right? Yeah. And I definitely want to note that 
I don't think this is something you achieve. I think it's a practice and Mm -hmm. something that you're going to spend the rest of your life and your relationship working towards. Mm -hmm. And there's definitely going to be times where it's going to be intimacy is going to be great and it's going to be high and things are going, you know, really smoothly. And then there are going to be lulls yeah, where maybe it's not so present Mm -hmm. and, you know, ebbs and flows. There's going to be ups and downs. Absolutely. Um, And that's to be expected. And during those difficult times, you just have to make the choice to continue to show up with your partner. And we'll definitely talk more about commitment on another episode, because I really think that lies in the the category of commitment to a partner. Um, But it is an issue. Every relationship ebbs and flows. But like, Mm -hmm. if you're just ebbing... You got to flow too. You got, and you're there's got to there, be some flow. If there's no flow, yeah. then we have a bigger problem. And and too, there also has to be some reciprocation. Like your partner, I mean, they've got to meet you halfway. Absolutely. You can't be the only one putting in the effort, putting in the effort, and none of it's getting reciprocated either. I 100% agree with that because I think that a relationship, it, it involves two people, mm-hmm. right? And have you ever tried moving a couch by yourself? Almost. Okay. <laughs> I mean, you can do it just because like I've moved a couch by myself, but like, it's not fun, right? It's much easier to fucking move a couch with a partner than it is to do it by yourself. And like, I am too stubborn and I will move that damn couch by myself. (laughs) Okay. Well, maybe that's a bad analogy for us because yeah, you and I would just like move it. But what my point is that it goes a lot smoother and easier if two people are moving shit together. Sure. You did say something interesting where you said it's a choice an ongoing choice and you have to continue to make it. And it reminds me of something that my aunt Lisa shared with me before I got married. She is literally the sweetest woman I've ever, anyone has ever met. If you know aunt Lisa, you just know. And before I got married, she told me that love is a choice and me being 27, Mm -hmm. 26, I don't know. I was young And no one had ever phrased it like that or explained it to me in that way. Because when you're that young and we might, it might've even been before we were married, Mm -hmm. but you know, you're just in love and you know, you have all these feelings and they're all good feelings. And you're like, what, what do you mean love is a choice? Like, I feel so happy and I'm so excited. And she said, love is a choice. There are going to be times where you're going to have to make a choice Mm -hmm. and you're going to have to choose love. And that what she told me, like that one piece of advice has just stuck with me to this day. And I still think about it. It's always there in the back of my mind because, you know, it's always easy to make the right choice when it feels good. And when you feel good and when you feel like it, sure. Yeah, I could I, I could choose all these, you know, to hit all these intimate connections with you and and we can, you know, be physical and, and we'll have sex and we'll do the things and, <laughs> and wear the lingerie and yeah. <laughs> and we, when you feel like it, right? right. But where it counts and where there's growth is when you have to choose to do the right thing when you don't feel like it. Yeah. And that's, and that's love. Yeah. Because when you're entering into a marriage per se, like for, for example, Everything you're seeing is rose-colored mm-hmm. glasses, right? Butterflies. Butterflies. We're so in love. Mm-hmm. We'll make it through everything. We're so committed. It's I don't, just us two. Yeah. And you do not enter a marriage ever thinking there's no. any possibility that it will end in divorce. No. 
Never. Mm -mm. Right. And you think like, we're going to make it through everything Mm -hmm. because we're, this is what's going to happen. Yeah. So do you think that relationships, marriages, okay. Or long-term, if you decide not to get married, but you're in a committed long-term relationship. um, Do you think they can survive without sexual connection? And another thing to think about the next question is, can they survive without intimacy? Okay. (laughs) I think that's a very personal individual. Mm -hmm. I will say I've had this discussion with my husband Mm -hmm. and we both agree um, it cannot without a sexual connection. Okay. And for me, absolutely. If, you know, not if there was no intimacy either, Mm -hmm. but no for both of those. Okay. Gotcha. So I think at some point when you're older, okay, what I hear, this is what is reported to me. I know you're going with this. Okay. (laughs) Things change physically. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. And you get to an age where maybe the sexual interaction is not as important. And I actually have seen many people who are very happily married and report that there's no longer an intense sexual relationship like there was once was. But do they still laugh together? Do they still respect each other? Do they still trust each other? Yes. And that is what has kept their marriage going and and healthy and harmonious. So I think that's that, good to know. Yeah, that's that's what I'm told. Yeah. Right. And um, so like, what's I, the age group for that? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I'm thinking like 40 and up. But like, <laughs> OK, I don't know, because I'm thinking like that's got to be 65 plus. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I personally think that, yes, maybe at some point, like we're talking long term, right? There's people who've been married for 40 years plus. Mm -hmm. I think at some point, like maybe the sexual connection won't be as important. But like, do I think it should start off as very as something very important in a relationship? Like, yeah, I think you need magic. I think you need lightning. I think you need crazy attraction. Um, I think there's a lot of mediocre things in life and I don't think that relationships and love should be one of them. So I well think it, I think it's really important in the beginning, but mm-hmm. 40 years down the line, like I think you, as long as there's trust and respect yeah. and kindness, I think you're going to be all right. Yeah. And then also, I guess like on some level, like relationships can survive without sexual connection, but cannot survive without intimacy, but it will become probably a real struggle for both partners at some point, unless you're both on the same page. In terms of creating the outline for this episode, I did some research and I actually looked up what is the current divorce rate in the United States. And it's actually 50% for first marriages, 68% for second marriages, and 70% if um, for a couple that has a child with special needs. 70%, right? But even 50%, Mm -hmm. like, why does anyone get married? (laughs) Yeah. Wow. Right? Mm-hmm. It's like, why would you do anything if only if you only had a 50% shot? Yeah. I mean, I think it goes back to, you know, when you're young. I mean, maybe not not when you're you're young because people get married later in life. But when you first meet somebody mm-hmm. and there's the attraction and everything's there and the lightning is there and the magic is there mm-hmm. and all those positive feelings are there in those moments, they're like, yeah, we're going to get married and we're going to beat the odds. We're going <laughs> to, we're going to get through everything. Yeah. You and know? then, cause like you said, no one, no one gets married and says, well, 
<laughs> like no let's one's, hope for 10 years. Yeah. Yeah. No one stops you on your wedding day and you're like, well, you got a 50% <laughs> chance. Good luck with that. Like no one says that, right? Nobody says that. Nobody says that. Um, and I think like when you are in a relationship and it's been good for a year or two, you think like, this is dope. Like it's always going to be like this. Right. Mm-hmm. And then you get married yeah. and a few years goes by and you're like, life happens yeah. and you're like, wow, this is a lot harder than I thought it was going to be. Yeah. Life happens. And there's things that no matter how many times you talk about, you cannot prepare for them unless you go through them. Mm -hmm. Kids, children, (laughs) if you want to have kids. I mean, one kid is fine. Two is a little tougher, but three is insane. The more kids you have, (laughs) it exponentially increases the difficulty in your marriage, in your relationship. Right. It really does. Oh my gosh. I mean, there's no, there's maybe no scientific research behind that. I'm just saying that as my personal opinion in someone who has three kids, two yeah. of them being twin toddlers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, there is research that indicates that the mom of three reports higher depression rates than any other mom of uh, children with one, two, or even four plus children, which I don't know if that makes sense for me. I get four. You just, you just <laughs> you're like, y'all are raising each other. <laughs> They just cancel each other out. I know. Go, go play. <laughs> That's probably what it is. Like, you just don't care at that like point. Like, moms of four probably figured it out. You, yeah. got a, you need a team. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, yeah, that must be what it is. Because I'm like, I don't buy it. But yeah. I'm also not willing to test the theories. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> also, just a side tangent, too. If you have twins, the likely the likelihood of you having another set of twins gets higher. And we are not willing to take that risk. Oh, my gosh. I can't even imagine. Imagine if you got imagine, five. Imagine another it set It went of from twins. three to five. Ooh, girl. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So the current divorce rate is 50%. Okay. So I put out a poll for our listeners. And there was so many participants. It was 80 participants in this one, which might have been one of our highest So that told me like, okay, people are excited. We're talking about this subject. I mean, who doesn't love talking about relationships, right? Yeah. Um, So we asked our listeners, what can be the most challenging aspect in marriage? And 2% said commitment, which I have something to say about that. (laughs) 13% said intimacy. 65% said communication is the number one challenge. Mm -hmm. 20% said other things, which kind of was all either all of the above or if it was like stress, exhaustion, finances. Okay. Okay. So I think communication was highest. Oh, by far. Mm -hmm. Communication was um, highest by far. But I also, I just wanted to point out that I compared the research, our research to research that I found in Forbes magazine, um, which reported that in 2023, the primary cause of divorce is due to lack of commitment so infidelity okay. at 73%. Mm. And um, so cheating. And then 70% of divorces was initiated by women. So okay. I'm, I think we should save that for a commitment episode because I, I can like go in on this one. Okay. Um, but I thought that was really interesting because we only got 2% that said commitment. And I was like, wow, I was really blown away by that. Okay. So what are your initial thoughts on that? My initial thought was like, nobody wants to say like, hey, I have a problem with commitment. So I'm going to vote. Right. Because they mm-hmm. know I can see their response. So I was like, that has okay. to be a part of it. Right. I think we live in a time in this modern world where loyalty and is no longer black and white in some people's minds, mm-hmm. um, there's such a thing as soft cheating, micro cheating, 
um, where because of social media, yeah, you have access and more opportunity to communicate inappropriately to other people. And I see that a lot in relationships these days. Um, so I actually think in my opinion, I would say like, I agree with the research of like just lack of commitment. Mm -hmm. You have access. Like if I'm, if I'm a dude, right. Immediate access. Yes. Everything is accessible. Whatever you want, you can find it in five seconds. Yeah. So like if I'm a dude, right. Mm -hmm. And I follow like, I don't know, 3000 women. Right. right. And women these days have no shame. They just like post post their goods <laughs> for everybody to see mm -hmm. because they it's attention seeking, right? So right. like they'll post a picture with like a really low cut shirt because maybe they're single and they want attention and they get likes and it, and it increases their self-esteem, right? Mm -hmm. So then we have a dude who's just scrolling through seeing all these like pictures and he's liking them, right? And when you're putting your energy and your time and your effort into liking these women who essentially don't even really exist, you're definitely not using your time and energy to be grateful for what you have already. Ooh. And the way the social media works is like you find one bad bitch. Let mm -hmm. me tell you, they're going to send you five more oh, yeah. to look at. <laughs> that algorithm has got you hooked. Yes. And so it's like you got all the baddest bitches in your feed, <laughs> right? And so when you're looking at that and you know, it's at your fingertip. It's like so easy to like lose focus on like what you have at in home. Right. For the woman who's really showing up for you. Mm -hmm. Right. And so I think that social media has a lot to do with the lack of commitment and also the divorce rate in the United States. Yeah. For me, I was just like very surprised that it was only 2% mm -hmm. because I was like, wow, like I just expected it to be either commitment and then communication second. But I guess I also wonder too, is commitment lacking because communication was lacking first, right? Mm -hmm. And so then intimacy fell and it was ultimately commitment that kind of was like the last straw. You I know what I mean? I think they are all connected. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think that I would hope that if you enter a marriage, it's like two good people who share like a moral compass and mm -hmm. have good intentions, right? Yeah. And the first thing to go is communication. Mm -hmm. And then that impacts your ability to be intimate with your partner. And then the intimacy is gone. Yep. Therefore, it's like the commitment fails because mm -hmm. like one or the other is looking for their needs elsewhere, whether it's in the workplace or social, social media. media. I have a good girlfriend. She's a marriage and fam family. Her background is in marriage, marriage and family counselor. And I asked her, I said, so in your experience, what do people usually say is the number one reason why, you know, they seek counseling and then ultimately may lead to divorce? And she said, um, in my experience, communication issues are the most common issues couples complain about. This refers to couples not feeling heard, validated, and understood. I think that there's a lot to say about communication, obviously. Yes. <laughs> and I want to dive right into that right now. But this episode is on intimacy. So what okay. we will mm -hmm. do is our next episode will be on communication and the mistakes we make in communication and how to fix them. Yeah, perfect. All right, cool. Okay. So back on track. Back on track. Let's go. <laughs> back on track. <laughs> it's just so connected. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of it has to do on how you were raised Oh, so much of it. I mean, to, I mean, yeah. actually like a hundred percent of it probably has to do with your childhood. Right. And, you know, like we said, you take away the ego and what do you have? Like there's that inner child and, you know, yeah. in you and 
you know, what they're seeking and looking for too. It's just, yeah. And then if you think about it, your, your parents are your models, right? They're mm-hmm. literally teaching you how to, the, how to act in life, how to mm-hmm. behave. Right. Yep. So if you're how to gro- be in a relationship, exactly. So if you're growing up and your parents are either in a healthy, fun, respectful relationship, you're more likely to have that. But if you grow up viewing two individuals where there's no emotional connection, there's no laughter, there's no respect, there's no trust, there's combative discussions constantly, you're probably going to think that as being somewhat normal because Mm -hmm. that's all you know. Right. Right. And so when you're an adult and you go out and you start seeking relationships, you tend to kind of go after what you're used to. Okay. So I put out another poll, two polls actually, and I did one specifically just for men and then another one specifically just for women. And I said, what is the best way to improve intimacy in marriage? And men said, 16% said show more appreciation. 42% said increase physical affection. 32% said improve communication, which I wasn't expecting that to be as high as it was. For men. I thought, yeah, for men, I thought it was going to be more like higher for physical affection. Mm -hmm. Um, And then 11% said spend more time together. And then women's (laughs) results was kind of like as equal as you can be. Yeah. So 24% said show more appreciation. 21% said show more physical affection. 24% said work on communication. 31% said spend more time together. So that tells me that the women, at least in these participants, there was 80 of them, said valued quality time where men valued physical affection, which both should really coexist. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But if you could only pick one. <laughs> it's true. No, I I really do think that men prioritize a, fi- a physical connection mm-hmm. to feel connected to their partner and mm-hmm. women prioritize an emotional connection yeah, to feel connected. Mm-hmm. And so I'm not surprised by the, by the poll results for the men. Yeah. I, I totally And they agree. also probably knew that you could see. So like, oh, I'm not going to put physical <laughs> connection. I like typical to think they're being honest. Typical, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, um, that's, but that's okay. Yeah. Right. Be- because that's an important part of intimacy is it, the physical connection. It, and so uh, if that's, your priority. And that's what you're wanting and seeking and needing. Like that's okay too. Absolutely. And I think that we all have different, um, love languages, right. Mm-hmm. And love we the love, love languages. languages. Um, so I think that, yeah, we're all different and you can't just assume like physical touch is the love language for everyone. Right. right. It could be gifts or it could mm-hmm. be acts of service. Words of affirmation. That's like, mine. Yeah, exactly. For sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> 10 out of 10. <laughs> What I think is that men are physical creatures by nature. Mm -hmm. And I think they yearn for intimacy just like women do. Maybe that they're not so expressive about it. Yeah, I think there's truth to that. For sure. And I think they want the ability to open up and show their feelings, yet they struggle in this area and maybe aren't sure how to navigate this territory. So like Mm -hmm. in terms of like having sons right now, I'm not sure if like when you're raising a son, you're thinking like, I need to teach my son how to be intimate for a partner one day. Like I need to teach him to be able to be vulnerable, mm-hmm. to, to express his feelings, to how to respond appropriately when, a, when another person is sharing their feelings. Like that's, I don't know yeah. if that's something that 
moms really focus on when they're raising kids and are raising sons and maybe they do once they're teenagers. And I definitely don't think that was focused on in previous generations. Right. There's not a lot of support in that area. No. Like I can't recall my parents ever speaking to my brother or even us about relationships and how to function in one. I think, yeah, I think that is probably new development. Women want to, th- th- there's a need to feel adored, to feel appreciated, to feel cared for. They want to connect mentally and spiritually and emotionally, like just like the results say, like we want it all. We want it all. Yeah. (laughs) We want it all. Sorry. Um, What women want is it all. (laughs) Um, Hence why our expectations are never met. If a man or a husband or a boyfriend wants, wants to meet their needs of, wants to have their needs met, the physical needs met, what they have to do is meet the needs of their partner and connect with them in order to access that physical affection. Just thinking about my relationship and how I create crave emotional intimacy and he might crave physical intimacy. Like if you, you take one day, for example, I'm going to need some emotional connection from the very start of the day mm-hmm. to be able to feel like being physical mm-hmm. by the time I, by the time all the kids are in bed and we have time to spend together. Right. Right. Cause it's not as easy for women, I think mm-hmm. to just turn it on. Right. As it might be for men. Actually, mm-hmm. I, you know what? I asked my, my husband that, mm-hmm. and he also thought the same thing that it might be a little easier for men to be able to get into that mood Mm-hmm. quickly mm-hmm. versus women are like, well, hold on. Like I, I just put the kids to bed. I need a second. I, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm tired. Like, hold on. Like I haven't talked to you all day. Yeah. I, I I haven't even like given you a hug yet. I don't even know how your day went. Yeah. There, there's and, a, and also you haven't asked me how my day was, yeah. right? You, you didn't send a text message or anything to say like, Hey, just thinking of you. Yeah. You, right. Yeah. The last thing I'm thinking about right now is sex. Yeah. Because you did nothing to make me think about it. <laughs> And I think as a mom, especially as a mom of three, like at the end of the night, you're exhausted, exhausted, exhausted. You're depleted. You got nothing left. You're overstimulated. Mm -hmm. You're touched out, Mm -hmm. especially with little kids. It's like, I'm just thinking back to like, even like the postpartum stage where any, or like you're nursing or you have little kids and they're just on you all the time and they're touching you and they have to be sitting on your lap or grabbing Mm -hmm. a leg and they just need you all day long. It's like at the end of the night, you don't want to be needed. Right. Which is, which I mean, is hard when you're in a relationship or when you're in a marriage, because you like, for me, I still want to be able to give my partner those things Mm -hmm. because I know he's craving those too. And that's, I think where you have to really try hard to make a choice because no, I don't feel like doing this right now at the end of the night because I just had a long ass day mm-hmm. and I had spit up all over me and I was nursing babies and I was mm-hmm. changing diapers and we were doing bath and I was cleaning all day. But then it's like, you know what? He needs me too. Mm-hmm. And then you just got to make a choice. Yeah. You know, I read some research that unfortunately a lot of, I guess, uh, infidelity starts happening six to eight weeks after someone has a child during the first year of having children. And you know why? It's probably because postpartum is so hard. Yeah. Right. And it's like, 
it's really hard when you're 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 trying to get back into you know, having your body the way, you know, you typically are used to having it. You do and not then feel sexy. You don't feel sexy. Your hormones are crazy, especially if you're like breastfeeding. I mean, you're just you're like laughing and then you're crying and then yeah, <laughs> sleep deprivation. Oh my God. And you're just like covered in spit up and breast milk like all day. Like there's nothing sexy no. going on. Right. And then they give you six weeks to recover because, you know, you only brought a human being out of your body. <laughs> and so, okay, apparently six weeks is enough, but it's really not enough. No, it's not. And it's not enough mentally for mm-hmm. a woman. And if your partner or a man doesn't understand that because they really have no idea of your experience, so they can only understand so much. Yeah. But if they're just like not a com- like an empathetic person, that's going to cause issues. So we know that men love physical affection, right? And so like if if you're a woman and you're in a relationship and you're like, we're struggling with our intimacy, like what can I do mm-hmm. to help my man feel more connected to me um, so that I can get my needs met? Because I think it's so important to talk about reciprocation as women. We want our man to show up for us, right? Absolutely. But we also, like you said, have to be willing to show up for them. Mm-hmm. Like it's yeah. a re- like you have to reciprocate the effort. You can't expect them to do 100%. It's 50-50 and you guys are a team, right? And so let's talk about ways and strategies that we can, as women, increase our intimacy with our, with our man. Okay. So I put down, um, find a hobby to connect on. I like that. And this is, um, so me and my husband, we really both enjoy photography. He really likes it too. Um, And so not all the time, but sometimes we have found little pockets of time where we'll like go down to the studio, we'll like find a sitter um, and we can just kind of work together or be together and both be doing something that we enjoy as a hobby. Mm-hmm. And it kind of allows us to connect like in a different way that's outside of being parents. It's outside of all this stuff in the home. Um, it's outside of like a physical connection. So it's meeting a little bit of my needs. Um, you know, he enjoys doing it too. There's a mental connection there that we're hitting on and it's fun. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, when you're doing something with your partner and it, especially like, I mean, especially when you have kids, it's so hard to have fun Yeah. anymore. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, my kids are still young, so I feel like we're still in the trenches and we're finally getting to like a place where, oh yeah, we used to have fun together. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> I do like you. <laughs> That's why we decided to do this. <laughs> um, yeah. And just kind of finding something like that, um, to connect on. Mm -hmm. Um, I also, I can't take credit for this one. I actually saw it as a piece of advice on a, uh, an Instagram page. It was a sex therapist. They gave out a piece of advice that was, uh, to make out every day. Mm. I think I told you about this. Yeah. Um, and the reasoning behind it is that when you are in a relationship and you've been in maybe a relationship long-term and you you go through like the hustle and bustle of the day-to-day and it's like you only, the only time you get to spend with your partner is at the end of the night. And, you know, and then it's like, maybe you start to make out and the women just immediately starts thinking, oh, this is going to lead to sex because we never make out mm-hmm. because we never make time for making out. Right. And so before the even before the makeout even begins, they're like already turned off, right? Because they're not yet even in the mood or in the right mindset yet. 
because they've, we as women have connected making out leads to having sex because Mm -hmm. that's the only time it happens. Right. Because we're not prioritizing it anywhere else. Yeah. And so they were saying make out every day so that there's like no expectation for it to go further, Mm -hmm. but there is an expectation to make out every day Mm -hmm. with your partner, which can be fun and exciting because it's like, you know, because you know that that's going to be kind of part of your routine. Maybe you do it in the morning if you have time before you both go to work, or maybe it's at the end of the night. Um, but there's no pressure. Right. That's the word I was looking for. There's no there's no pressure um, for it to go any further if you don't want to that night or whatever. Um, but it's still fun and mm-hmm. you're still connecting physically. Yeah. And I, you know, who makes out every day? <laughs> we should, I'll put a poll out. Actually, that's really you, interesting. Yeah, you should do that. And I've, I've, uh, I did that with my husband. Mm-hmm. We don't do it every single day. Mm-hmm. We go, like I said, we go through periods, but we did try and do it for a while and it was fun and it was definitely working. Mm-hmm. I felt more connected. I'm sure he did. Mm-hmm. Um, again, it's just one of those things where if I'm being honest, it's just hard to keep up with because life, right. um, But that's what I, that's what I, one of the things that I put on my list, um, Mm -hmm. make it a game. So if you have like, they have like communication card games on Amazon Mm -hmm. and they all, and they also have like an X rated communication cards game on Amazon. So (laughs) (laughs) we have both sets (laughs) And you can kind of like pick which ones you want to do and what kind of night you you want it to have. And if you just want to do the ones on communication and and, you know, where the intention is to just simply connect um, mentally or emotionally on a deeper level, mm-hmm. you have that available. And what it does is you look at the cards and it gives you questions yeah. and you're supposed to like sit across from your partner, look them in the eye mm-hmm ask the question, give them some time to respond, and then they reciprocate. Yeah. And um, and so we have this, we have this game, we have both games. <laughs> and they're both fun for like yeah. equally different reasons. For sure. Um, so I <laughs> 10 out of 10 recommend those. Okay. And the last one here, um, I did say, okay, lingerie. <laughs> nice. Okay. <laughs> And this is for the ladies and hear me out. Okay. Before I say what I need to say, I'm going to preface that there have been times, especially during postpartum, I know I bring that up a lot, where the last thing I want to do is like stuff my body into stupid lingerie (laughs) for my husband. Okay. And because in my mind, in my mental mindset, I'm thinking this is for him. Mm -hmm. Right. And I feel like most women are probably thinking that. They like it. They want it. That's what they want to see. That's what's going to get them in the mood. And so they're kind of like, I'll do it for you. Right. 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 Um, but here's the twist. Okay. Oh. Here is the secret, ladies. It is not just for him. Okay. So I actually, I had a conversation with my husband recently where I I made a comment about lingerie and... Um, and like wearing it and and he said something like, oh, I could care less what you wear. If it makes you feel confident and sexy, like that's what I like. And I was like, okay, light bulb moment. Mm-hmm. Um, and this might not be every man's perspective. So this is just his. Um, but um, then I thought, okay, maybe lingerie is more for me mm-hmm. because when I put it on, it makes me feel confident and sexy 
And therefore, I am more likely to be in the mood. I'm more likely to be engaged. I'm more likely to get excited because I know that he's also excited as well. Yeah. And also, I I think it also helps with a transition because Mm -hmm. like I said earlier, men can very easily turn it on, turn it on. Yeah. Women cannot. Right. And so if you, at the end of the night, you're just getting done putting your kids to bed and you're like, oh my gosh, like I'm exhausted, Mm -hmm. but then you put on lingerie, it helps with that transition. Right. To get you feeling however you want to feel. So you know what? Pick out something sexy and unleash your inner lioness and wear it for you. All right. And a pair of heels wouldn't hurt either. (laughs) A pair of heels wouldn't hurt either. They wouldn't hurt either. Yeah. And I'm talking about the high heels. Mm -hmm. None of no no short, short, chunky heels. You know, you guys know what I'm talking about. So since we're talking about a lot of the the f- increasing physical affection, some ideas that that I thought um, that I had are just like it doesn't have to be anything big, right? If you want to show your man physical attention, it could be like little touches while he's working or reading, right? Like a graze across his back, um, rubbing their shoulders, offering a foot rub, um, and then holding hands. Mm-hmm. I think holding hands is so important. Um, yeah. That gets lost. It does get lost. And when I see an older couple and they're like holding hands, I'm just like, they did something right. They're obviously doing something right. They've probably been together for 40 plus years and they still want to hold hands. Yeah. Like, I want to know what they did. I actually looked at a sex therapist too, an educator named Dr. Corey Floyd. And he said he recommends to improve uh, improve intimacy in your marriage, to set a goal of doubling the length of time you kiss hug and use sensual touch. So say for example, you're, you know, your your husband or you're leaving for work and you guys just give like a quick peck. Mm-hmm. Instead of a quick peck, kind of like you said, maybe not make out, but hold the kiss for 6 seconds instead of 3. Hug for 3 seconds longer than you typically would. So that is supposed to increase the intimacy between the two of you. We asked for tips from our listeners who have been in a marriage or a long-term relationship and said, what do you guys do that works for you? That maintains your intimacy and long-term relationships. And there were so many good ideas. Oh yeah. So um, a lot of people said, be best friends. So meaning that they're doing new things together all the time, going to concerts, even if they have kids, they're still finding time to spend time together and still remind each other of like the couple that, you know, they were prior to having a family. And doing all those fun things. Um, Someone else said laughter, making sure that you two laugh together. And I have to say, like my idea, the couples that I notice who are married and that I admire are usually like the couples who laugh together. Mm -hmm. Because I don't think I see that very often. Yeah. And when I see that, I'm like, oh, that's so sweet. Like they totally like each other. Yeah. I mean, a lot of this other stuff, a lot of it's going to fade. A lot of it's going to come and go. Yeah. Laughter will stay. Yeah. The looks, the physical, Mm -hmm. everything changes over time. And so in order to, I think, have a long-term relationship, you have to genuinely like the other person and you have to like laugh together and enjoy doing the same things. Like, because like personality will only get better. Right. Physical looks will fade Mm -hmm. over time. Yep. And the more time you spend with someone, you honestly stop seeing their exterior. 
you just see them based on their behavior towards you. Mm -hmm. So they could be the most gorgeous person in the world. But if on the inside, they're not treating you well Mm -hmm. or demonstrating the most appropriate behavior, like that is going to change your, your, I guess your attraction Ain't to that them. the truth. You will see them differently, mm-hmm. right? Um, so laughter, I thought, was really sweet. A lot of people said have patience, be able to compromise, um, keep going on dates, work out together. Danielle Walker, one of our listeners, she's been married for nine years, but um, has been in a relationship with her husband for a very long time. And they're so cute. Like she hella is obsessed with her husband. You can tell because of like everything they post on social media. And I know her very well. I grew up with her and I asked her, I reached out to her and I said, like, what are your tips? Because you seem pretty happy. And she said, we have date night every two weeks and we go on vacation, just the two of us, because they have children um, every two years. And that's how they they maintain their relationship. Um, I was like, oh, I love that. Yeah. Um, Louis Aguilar, another, I don't know if he listens to our podcast, but he always participates. So I appreciate you, Louis. Um, another childhood friend of mine. But he said, um, he also appears to be very happy in his marriage. They're so cute. Um, he says, honesty, um, always be honest, always be yourself and always cherish each other. And then also someone else said, you have to, to maintain intimacy in a marriage, you have to respect each other as individuals and encourage each other to seek out what makes them happy. We encourage each other to do, and this is coming from a woman that's very happily married and they have multiple children. Um, she says, we encourage each other to do activities outside of our regular day-to-day. And then we talk about it and share experiences. One person said the best tip is to just for for a long-term relationship is to stay committed. And he was the only person that said that. Like everyone else said, you know, be best friends, work mm-hmm. out together, laugh together, all kind of stuff. But he said, just stay committed. Even if you are facing hardships in life, mm-hmm. you still have to make a choice to stay committed to your partner. Mm-hmm. And that's, I mean, because we do not know what the future holds. Right. But if you have set that foundation and again, go back to like making that choice to Mm -hmm. stay committed, that's, that's going to get you through. You have to lean on that. Yeah. Because there's going to be challenges. There's going to be temptation. Mm -hmm. There's going to be, you know, um, you have children, you have sports, you have uh, school, you have all these other things and you can very much your commitment can waver, right? Mm -hmm. Because you don't have the energy. Maybe you don't have the desire to put in work, but when you choose to be in a relationship, you're choosing to give that person a hundred percent or at least what you have available that day. And when I think of commitment, it's not just like with loyalty and, and not engaging with others that tempt you. Um, but I think it's about just staying committed to like the overall like goal that you had as a couple. Yeah, Which why is, we started this in the first place. Yeah, it's a commitment to falling in love again and again and again and again, hopefully over 20 plus years. That was really fun talking about intimacy. I hope that our listeners got some good tips. It's Valentine's Day week and hopefully they will apply some of these strategies to improve their intimacy with their man. Thanks you guys for listening. Be sure to follow, subscribe, share with your friends our podcast and write a review and let us know what you thought. Thanks so much. And we'll see you next time.